Hey y'all, it's your favorite host, and I wanted to just pop in here to say, uh, if you're enjoying the show uh, and you'd like to give us some support, the best way to do that is through Patreon. Uh, I've launched the Patreon with a couple of tiers. There's a $3 tier, which gives you access to the Discord, and you come hang out with uh, me and the other friends inside of that, uh, and just kind of talk the show, talk a bunch of different nerd stuff. And then there is a, another tier, an $8 tier, uh, where you can get early access to episodes ad-free. Um, you will also get free access to all uh, micro-RPGs that I create in the future. Yeah, so again, uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. Um, if you'd like to give additional support, that's one way to do it. Another great way to do it is just, you know, go on to whatever platform you're listening to and rate the podcast, subscribe, uh, follow, leave a review if you can. Um, those things really help gain visibility for the show, and it is always greatly appreciated. Link is in the description. Thank you so much, and back to the episode. Welcome to the Secret Nerd Podcast, where we think everyone should play tabletop RPGs and give you some reasons why. fantastic episode for tonight. Um, this guest is somebody who I discovered as we have a very similar podcast. Um, and she's doing fantastic work. She has multiple podcasts out. There's a bunch of stuff um, into all of the anime and TTRPGs, doing streams basically everywhere. Um, if you don't know about her yet, you're going to find out. So if you would like to introduce yourself. Yeah, um, I'm super excited to be here. My first uh, guest spot on a podcast, but hi, everybody. I am Brandy Rose, aka at the Brandy Rose, or if you're on Twitch, at Cutest Patoot. I'm super excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe that I'm the first person to bring you on our show. <laughs> That's pretty insane. Because, um, like I said, you are everywhere. And we definitely will talk about all your shows. But where mm -hmm. I always like to start is like, how did you get into nerddom in general? Oh, fucking boy. Oh, oh, wait, am I allowed to swear? You are so allowed to swear. <laughs> I forgot to ask. No, you're good. Oh, God. If everybody that's on Gods of Color with me here says they're never going to let me live it down. Um, <laughs> they maintain running bets every time we record an episode on how long it'll take for me to bump us up to a rated R rating because of swearing. Yeah, um, one minute, basically. But Yeah, uh, <laughs> last time they were like five minutes and I was like, no. But I won last time. I didn't swear the entire episode. But no, nice. I got into nerddom... Uh, God, so many ways. Um, so originally I'm adopted, but before that, um, my biological parents are super young, like super young. Mm -hmm. And so it's basically kids raising kids. And, uh, of course being that young, they were super into like modern pop culture of the time of the nineties and stuff. Yeah. So I grew up with DC comics half shoved down my throat and thank <laughs> God, um, so I've always been interested in them, but also I grew up kind of, kind of, <laughs> I grew up very poor. Yeah. So I didn't have access to a lot of new stuff and I couldn't buy comics regularly. So it would become something that like 
it almost became word of mouth where I would like bother people to tell me about the recent, like what's going on in comics. And um, I remember my parents bought the first Harry Potter book, which like fuck J.K. Rowling now, but like as a kid, of course, did not know. And she hadn't said anything yet, but like, I I remember they bought it for themselves because they thought at six I'd be too young to read it. Oh, yeah. Um, and so – but what happened was that I would fucking bother them every fucking day and be like, what's happening with Hermione? What's happening with Ron? What's happening with Harry? What's going on in the story? Did they defeat Voldemort? Wait, is Voldemort the turban guy that you told me about? And at some point they fucking cracked and were like, here, fucking read it yourself. And I devoured that book in like a day. Oh, wow. And so for all of us, that was a bit of a revelation of like, God, you can read really fucking fast. And like for me, it was like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with this. Yeah. And I mean, 1998 is when that book came out. So at the time that like I was six and I was reading it, I think there were only two or three of the books out. But I like yeah. dove into that stuff. And then I, that just kind of like all mixed together. I loved uh, the fantasy world of Harry Potter. I loved uh, comic books, especially mostly actually only DC because that's just what the people around me were into. We were very yeah. diehard DC fans. So like I, the only exposure to Marvel I've ever had was Spider-Man, who I have loved my whole life. <laughs> so I got into nerddom through comic books and through um, Harry Potter specifically. And then also video games. Video games were very hard to come by. Yeah. In the way that, like, if I got, like, video games, because we finally had, like, some sort of console, I didn't continuously get video games. I had those video games and those video games fucking only. Yeah. Um, so I got really into gaming, quote unquote, <laughs> with, like, the GameCube and yeah. the, like... I never remember which one it is, like the N64 or some shit. We got it at a flea market. It had two games. It was Super Mario Bros. and Dr. Mario. And I played the fuck out of that game. I yeah. died a lot. I'm very bad at those games, I should <laughs> say, also. It's not like I made it very far. I played a lot because I kept dying, Yeah, which is carried on, I think. But mm -hmm. that's how I like got into it. And then as I got older, um, that just kind of branched out. Like I started role-playing because <laughs> – because when I was 14 and friendless, I got on, um, what's it called? Fucking play-by-post sites, like forums. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Where, you, where it's like basically like the Harry Potter universe, but either like in the future or, uh, or in the past or the Marauders or like the Founders Times. Yeah. And you could play as your own characters or you could play as like a set character. And that became like my main hobby. It was basically online LARPing. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's, that's yeah. how I got into all things nerdy. And then luckily I grew up in an age where finally at some point I had internet access and it just exploded. <laughs> yeah. Back when we had to use dial up still. I actually really like the dial up tone. It's apparently a very unpopular <laughs> opinion, but I really like hearing it. <laughs> it is very nostalgic feeling. It for, like it definitely takes you back to those moments, but um, I certainly don't enjoy having to wait, you know, 20 minutes just to <sighs> like, turn it on or it crashing because someone uses the phone and right, you're like ah yeah, well yeah. goodbye polypocket.com it was nice to know you <laughs> yeah or not even be able to call your house like people had to have mm. second phone lines for that which is insane yeah. um but yeah no that's super cool and you know i i think i look back on that and like we definitely were the same we, we grew up poor um mm -hmm. and we would get like a game for christmas and like a game for birthdays but then we would just go rent games from Blockbuster or whatever. Yes. Um, I rented, I think, in my life, two games from Blockbuster ever. Yeah. And it was fucking – it was both GameCube games. And one of them was like uh, Mickey Mouse's Magic Mirror something 
but like it, that's like the like fourth installment in a series, so I had no idea what was fucking going on in that game, and I'm, I'm I messed up a lot. And then I think SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom, which I rented continuously for half a year, <laughs> so that I could keep playing it. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. I never got into SpongeBob as a game or as a show, but um, I know it was definitely popular among people. So um, if I remember correctly, you didn't grow up in the states. Is that? No, yeah, I didn't. Um, I moved to Europe. I was like nine. Okay. And then I bounced around a lot before that, or even earlier. I don't fucking remember. Um, it all blurs together like a a lot. But yeah, I spent most of my life in Germany and England. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was also very funny because I read Harry Potter in English originally just because like it was the copy you could buy at the store was in English and then when I was trying to make friends in school I would tell people well my this is so embarrassing um I used to make friends by like being like hi I'm Brandy do you like Harry Potter (laughs) and if the answer was no I'd be like well you are not the person for me goodbye (laughs) which is like god um it's okay I was a child but uh I I, I used to meet people, they'd be like, yeah, I love Harry Potter. And I'd be like, great. And then they'd start talking about it. But the names are different in German, mm. like compl- like fundamentally like, different. Yeah, gotcha, yeah. And so like Diagon Alley is a pun that only works in English. It is completely different in German. The same with like Nocturne Alley. And shit. So they would yeah. say stuff and then I'd be like, huh? And they'd be like, I thought you said you liked this. And I'd be like, yeah, I don't like it in this language. Um yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. And it would look like I had no idea about Harry Potter and I was lying or something. Yeah. And then like some and kids are simple. So like they would just not believe me. And I'd be like, no, I fucking love these books. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah. So That's mostly funny. it was Germany and Germany and England, which is also yeah. why like my accent slips. Uh, I'd say back and forth, but it also goes like diagonally, frontwards, backwards, sidewards, <laughs> upside down constantly changes you know i lived in uh kentucky for two years Oof. and yeah 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 for sure. <laughs> but um but i did pick up some of that and so while i'm like especially mm-hmm. if i'm around somebody that speaks that way like 100 oh yeah in. um uh i don't drink a lot anymore but when i did like for sure mm-hmm. if i was drinking Oh, yeah. I, if I get to talk, because I interview people from all around the world. So yeah. when I when I do have a friend on the phone who's in Germany, um, I slip into German accented English, even though my English did not originally have a German accent, just because like in Germany, sometimes I had to speak German accented English for the other Germans to understand me because that was the only kind of English they could recognize. Right. Yeah. Because sometimes the actual like native accents are too difficult for them to understand. Yeah. So I, I slip into that and it is so hideous. It's awful. It's god awful. We yeah. all hate it. When I was in high school, I remember trying to talk to um, a girl from Germany and like you couldn't, I couldn't use, um, like I couldn't say like I would have done that. Um, I used to yeah. be a major by the way, but my brain's not working. Um, <laughs> you know, I had to like break it up. And, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So you can't yeah, use abbreviations or yeah. slang. Yeah. yeah. So, um, no, I mean, that's super cool though. So I, I imagine that that gave you quite a bit of experiences, um, you know, probably both good and bad. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. I mean, I am for those who can't see me and don't know me, um, yeah. I am like native and, uh, Latina. So I, 
don't i'm brown and uh europeans europeans don't really like brown people um on the whole um but i did also i luckily grew up in a city that has a large brown population so while everyone else treated me like shit they were very nice to me in between which is also like i grew up uh, the term is like transculturally. So I also yeah. grew up with a lot of Turkish culture and also a lot of like Middle Eastern culture because those are the people that were there that looked like me, right. um, even though I am neither. And so I grew up with a lot of their cultures. Um, I grew up with a lot of those people. And then I also did live in Turkey for a bit uh, as an exchange student, um, yeah. which was fun because I got to live in Asia because that's one side yeah. of the Bosphorus. And then in right. the morning at five in the morning, <laughs> we would catch the bus across the river and go to school in Europe and then go back home to wow. Asia, which was always fun. Yeah. No, that's super cool. And I, I definitely relate to that because growing up in New Mexico, mm. um, you know, there is a lot of affection for Mexican culture and I have a lot of friends who are Hispanic. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, that was like the big thing for me. Like the first two people on my show are Hispanic and then getting to meet uh, Joe from Makers Misfits, who they do a Pathfinder uh, 2E mm-hmm. show. Yeah, and it's like all POC, and it's mostly um, you know, guys who come have Mexican descent. And um, and it was like, I was geeking out, because I'm like, this is so cool to see, like, to hear, to see these people, to hear these voices on mm-hmm. a podcast that's, you know, fantasy TTRPG yeah. stuff. Like, um, we definitely need more of that. Um, you that know, was so- definitely a big thing growing up. People yeah. have never expected me to like the things that I like. And that has always baffled me because there isn't a single thing I'm interested in that isn't nerdy as shit. Like, (laughs) and it's been that way my whole life. I have never, ever, I never had a phase where I was too cool for something. I learned sleight of hand magic in high school. (laughs) I, I threw away, I looked at coolness as a card and went, don't need that. And I threw it away. Um, because coolness, coolness, especially as a teenager, coolness looked like apathy and I'm, I don't have an apathetic bone in my body. So I've always been, and I'm also autistic. I've always been very intense about everything that I like, and I've never been ashamed of it, and I've never hidden it. So when people are surprised that I like TTRBGs or that I like uh, some fantasy stuff, which, like, ironically, actually, I don't really like fantasy as a genre that much. I really just like Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Um, It's not, like, my favorite genre to read. I like playing in it, though. But, like, I still like... I loved Harry Potter when I was younger and I love Lord of the Rings still. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time I've like told people that like growing up there, uh, they were very confused and like, didn't believe me. And I was like, this is the weirdest. I know this is like gatekeeping, but like, you're not into this thing. Yeah. So I don't know why you're outside of the club trying to tell me not to go into the club. Like, Oh, people love to gatekeep regardless of mm-hmm. what, whether or not they're involved in it. I mean, I it's was so like, strange. yeah, growing up as a kid, you know, I never thought of it in these terms of 100%. Like people mm-hmm. were gatekeeping to me in terms of me being black. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't black enough for the white people at my school. Right. And it's like, you're not even like, fuck yeah. you. Like you don't even. No, you have, you have no knowledge here. Yeah. You, have no, yeah. you have nothing to say here at all. Yeah. Yeah. I, I once had a girl in school look at me and go, Brandy, I know you're brown, but, and I knew this oh, was going to be a brilliant conversation I'd remember for the rest of my life. And I just like looked at her and was like, but what? Yeah. And she went, but I like you. So I see you as white. And I was like, you about to see color real fast. Uh, <laughs> no, fuck this. Are you kidding? That happened so much. Yeah. So much. And it's so weird because it's like, what do you, what is, what? You're one of the good ones. <laughs> Ugh. 
You know? God, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're not, you know, because you look like one, but you're not a refugee. And I'd be like, what? <laughs> yeah. There's so much to unpack here. Throw away the whole suitcase. Yeah. It's, Absolutely not. It's but yeah, so that's how nerddom was. Nerddom was also a very solitary thing for me until the internet. Yeah. I didn't really have a lot of people that were into the same. I remember being ecstatic that one girl had heard of Animal Crossing <laughs> and she played it. And yeah. I was like, you play it on the DS. I have it on the GameCube. Can't, do you want to come over and we can play it? We can play it together. And that was really the majority of our friendship. If I look back on like quantify the hours. We were mostly silently sitting together playing Animal Crossing and it was great. Yeah. I had a great time. But like usually it was a very solitary thing because like you have to consider Germany is typically like at least I like to say and I know they're going to get mad at me, but that's fucking true. It's like four <laughs> or five years behind the United States. Now yeah. the discrepancy is much less because of the internet and because of how much that's grown. But like for me growing up, if a movie came out in the United States in theaters, it would come out in DVD maybe like a year later in the United States. It would come out at least six months later in Germany. Mm-hmm. And then our DVD would take forever. Yeah. So it took a really long time for stuff to reach us. And then also the cultural awareness and the brand loyalty and stuff isn't really a thing for yeah. us in, this, in the way that it is in the United States. So I didn't really have anybody in class that knew anything about the Bat family. Right. Like maybe they, they, like they knew Batman and they knew Superman and maybe they knew Robin, maybe. But they didn't know like Huntress and they didn't know like Barbara Gordon and they didn't know the killing joke. And they didn't, they didn't know any of, of those kinds of things. And they didn't know any other comics. Um, yeah. I remember when the movies came out, the Marvel movies, and like, do I like them now? Nah. But like, I remember, I'm still grateful at least that like they brought comics more into the mainstream yeah. because it, I think, because I'm always the opposite of a gatekeeper, I will shove what I love in your face and you will <laughs> listen to it, um, which is why I have podcasts. But yeah. um, I, I remember being happy that the people in my school were getting to know these characters that I had grown up with. And I wasn't even a big Marvel head growing up, but I still grew up with them and I knew them yeah. still like because I branched out on my own. But it was really nice to be able to share that with people. But until the internet and until like play-by-post forums and stuff, because I, yeah. I did Harry Potter mainly and I was probably on like six or seven forums um, that I will never, ever name because God, if that comes back to haunt me, that is my 13th reason. But I also did stuff that was like Teen Titans RPGs, which mm-hmm. is also like, here's the issue is it was abbreviated as TTRPG. Yeah. So now when I read tabletop RPG, my brain always says Teen Titans RPG yeah. and it goes, no, no, <laughs> it's not what this is. This is your job. Please focus. But, I love yeah. that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it definitely culturally that's why you know i named it secret nerd is for that reason because you know you talk about like the solid the solitude of it um Mm -hmm. and the isolation but i bet you now if you went and talked to some of those people that you went to school with they'd be like oh yeah i 100 i loved uh this that and the other i'm into comics now like these are my things i play D &D. i've been playing since second edition i do have one friend one one friend in school that i became super close to for what Americans would be junior year, so my second to last year, we got super close. And he had board game nights. And he would invite me to every board game night. And he got me into Magic the Gathering. And um, he always let me use his deck because he was very nice and they're very expensive. Uh, He is still my best friend. But um, he's he's one of my best friends of of my whole life. Like one of the few people you know in the world where it's like, I genuinely trust you with my fucking life. And he he did play D&D and he did play RPGs and games. But he was – he and like maybe one other person were like the only ones – 
And also, to be fair, though, if I talked to anybody else that I went to high school with, you'd have to shoot me. I'd be an imposter. I've been body snatched. You couldn't pay me. They've been yeah. doing high school reunions since six months after we graduated. I haven't gone to a oh, single one. Geez. You yeah. could not pay me. Yeah. You haven't given me enough time to forget how much I fucking hated you guys. Please wait. <laughs> yeah, please <laughs> Give me stop. like 50 years and then maybe I'll be like a little confused and forget that I hated you and I'll come see who died. That's yeah. it. Yeah. I, I switched high schools my junior year. Um, there was a lot of really bad stuff that happened, but my, the original high school I went to, they, like my friends were like, are you going to go to this reunion? And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like the people that I like from that school are you two. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, That's exactly like, the conversation yeah. I have every like, time. Why would I want to go back and see any of them? Every time. Every time Joe goes, are you going to come with me to the reunion? And I'll be like, over my dead body, Joanne. Over <laughs> yeah. my dead fucking body, am I going to go to that reunion? She'll be like, don't you want to see who got ugly? I'll be like, you're going to tell me. You're going to tell me unsolicited. Oh, I don't I don't use Facebook at all. I don't have any personal social media at all because I immediately was like, hmm, no, I'm not going to give you assholes more venues to fucking stalk me on. And because like Facebook became a thing when you and I were in high school kind of ish, you know? Yeah. So I remember making my first Facebook account and then like also I was like relentlessly bullied all throughout high school, middle school. (laughs) I was bullied the entire time. And then they would bully me. By saying I wasn't being bullied, then call me an attention whore and then bully me when I complained about being bullied. It was such, it would have been such a mind fuck. It was, but like it didn't work because I'd be like, but you're, all I could think was, wow, you lack so much self-awareness. I'm not even offended. I'm a little worried for you. Yeah. A little worried that you're not going to age out of this. I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to peace out of here, but like, you know, good luck in life, I guess. But yeah, no, I uh, fucking hated that school. I hated everybody that I went to school with except for like my few friends that I like. And that's the same conversation we have every time. It's like, I like you yeah. and I see you. We're seeing each other right now. I'm good. Yeah. And then my other right. high school, you know, um, my friends from there are my wife ah, and nice. her best friend who we see all the time. And then, you know, everybody else, I'm like, ah, I mean, if I see you, like I'll say hi or whatever, but like, I'm not, mm-hmm. like we didn't. We stopped hanging out when we left school, so. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you're friends out of, like, the type you're forced together every day. So if you're not friends, it's going to be awkward. So you're going to be friends, but the moment you don't have to see each other anymore, it's done. You're done. Yeah. You're okay. Mm-hmm. I get that. But, yeah, mm-hmm. that just uh, it's such a wild thing. But, yeah. So, I mean, when did you get into TTRPGs then? Like, when did that start for you? Um... Well, apart from like the play by post, I didn't really know that it, it really existed. Yeah. So, but it's, I then like now in hindsight, I'm like, oh yeah, that's literally the same structure. You create a character, you have stats, you, you, it's fine. It's the same thing. It's maybe yeah. more role play heavy, but it's literally the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't actually ever play, like play a campaign of D&T until two years ago. Nice. Like I, yeah. I got into it in the way that like I found out about it and I really wanted to, but yeah. um, I had this bad habit of uh, dating assholes who very, very much and very actively, and I've been very open about this um, because it's a point of spite and pride for me because the two are yeah. so close, um, that like the, some of the people that I dated for the longest time would tell me that all of the nerdy stuff about me and all the things that I like made me unattractive. And made me annoying and like were the worst things about me. And that has never changed how I engaged with nerddom because I can't stop being myself. Yeah. Um, but it would keep me from being able to find other people that I could do nerdy stuff with. So it was yeah. really hard for me to find a party or like I date people would be like, 
you're new to this, so like I think you should just watch. And it's like, okay, but I don't want to just watch. Have, when have I ever been a spectator type person? I'm I'm a very <laughs> I'm all in or I'm all out type of person. Yeah. Um. So it was hard for me to find a party, especially because like I got into it. My timeline is I moved to the states three years ago. Yeah. So I was fresh in this country. I'm still very fresh in this country because I spent the last two years alone in my apartment. Right. So I don't really think that counts as being in the States. Yeah, I always yeah, joke that I've really that. only been here for a year. And then immediately on the heels of that year before the pandemic, I moved to a like to what to me is a different city. Here it's the same city, but I live on the east side or like on the other side of town instead of yeah. where I originally lived, which is 45 minutes away from yeah. everything I had gotten used to. So for me, that's a different city. That's right. several different cities away for me. So, like, I moved to a new place. I didn't really know anybody. And then I finally threw – this is – I unfortunately dated two people in this party. Um, <laughs> that's how it goes. But um, I ended up in that party, and we got to play a campaign. We never finished it because pandemic. But I got to play, and I was like, I am obsessed with this. I want to do yeah. more. But I also didn't know that there was more than D&D. And right. I don't love – D and D specifically, because no, I'm also like I'm a brown right. person. I'm disabled. There's a lot of discourse. A lot of people in the in the field that don't want me here. Yeah, I stay partially out of spite, partially because D and D can be really fun if the right person is DMing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm in two ongoing D and D campaigns right now. I'm in Lords of Faerun and I'm in Gods of Color. Yeah, and um, and I love those uh, shows, Kira. and I I love everybody. Yeah, fucking Kira eight five eight is one of my closest friends, and I love them to no end. Yeah. And uh, and I'm so grateful to be able to share a table with them. Um, and I'm grateful that they got to have me come in as a new permanent cast member for Lords of Faerun. So I do love playing D&D with the right person because I love playing any game system with the right person. Right. Um, but as a whole, I don't really like to work in D&D that much myself. <laughs> but then um, I met... So I've been doing the podcast thing and I've been doing all the all the other things for, for over a year. We're like at TBH almost two. And um, t well... Technically, I've been doing podcasting since college, but I don't count those since I don't do those shows anymore and I'm not affiliated with those shows. But yeah. um, my podcast, my network has been running for like with like development and stuff like almost two years. And so I did a guest appearance on a game show called uh, – I think it's called It's Not Fair or That's Not Fair. And it's a podcast game show and I was invited as a guest to compete. Yeah. And Gliza at Classical Gliza um, was one of the judges for that round. Mm -hmm. And that's how we met. And we got on really well in the recording. I lost. I lost horribly. Um, <laughs> I had a great time, though. Yeah. And actually, ironically, though, that show uh, has, as of date, not aired. And we did that like uh, a year ago almost. Oh my um, gosh, and. Uh, she messaged me afterwards and was like, hey, like when we were talking, you kind of mentioned that you – because she brought it up that she liked TTRPGs and she streamed TTRPGs. She was like, that you would like to play a game. And like I work with like this this company that is looking for a, another cast member. Would you be interested in doing that? Because I've also been a variety streamer before all of this. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, I would fucking love to do that. I'd love to share a table with you. I'd love to get to know you better. And now we are super close friends, like extremely – she's very important to me. Um, and she got me on that show. And from that show, I got into that part of the industry and I just started landing guest spots left and right because doing that show helped me while I was developing the concept for what is now Eat Crit. Yeah. 
And this was like way before I ever told anybody about the show, but I was developing it and that helped me. And uh, Kira858 was my first guest on Ecrit. Also met Kira on that campaign. Um, And then it just kind of skyrocketed from there. And I really have only been in the TTRPG industry professionally since August 2021. So. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. yeah, I know it's it's crazy too. Like once you really get into it, you like for sure for me because like when we talked about mm-hmm. social media before, I fucking hate social media still to this day. Mm-hmm. It's nice because I can you know meet people like you and 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 the other folks that I met that have been really wonderful. Um, but I would just if I could avoid all the other stuff, like I would happily do that. Um, and so yeah, so I did. You know, when it was just me and not like when it was just Navar and no secret nerd, it was just like cool. I'm not gonna be on social media. I have an Instagram, but it's like, I'm like a once a year poster and it's usually mm-hmm. like a picture that's not of me. Right. <laughs> and so, um, you know, and I don't really get involved in a lot of that. So I didn't really know a lot of folks in the TTRPG community because of that, or that there was even as many of us out here as there mm-hmm. are. We've talked about like uh, POCs and stuff and then mm-hmm. um, all the other, um, uh, gosh, my brain. Anyway, all of the other people who are marginalized folks who right. who are in this community as well, who, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe not specifically a part of the POC community, but whatever. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, cool. There's a lot of people out here. And as soon as I jumped on, it's like, oh my gosh, like I'm picking yeah. up all these names now. And like, these people are like, you know, famous in, in TTRPGs and things like that. So it's really awesome to, to see. And the concept of, of having people follow my TTRPG career is fucking mind-blowing it is a little bit weird yeah it's it's so flattering it's so beyond flattering to see any of the things that i do have people be like wow i'm excited brandy's in this and i'm like you know who the fuck i am (laughs) i mean i know that's part of the gig and i i know that like even before this like i've dealt with this like publicity stuff before because like also before i've been in entertainment for like a decade just Mm -hmm. under different names and doing different things but like I, it's just because this is something that like I care about so much that it's yeah. just something for me that I do because I love it and I feel like I can contribute and I would like to contribute to this like community. So it's really amazing the support everybody's been like giving me. Yeah. I had like a I had like a seventy two hour period where I could not open Twitter like two weeks ago without somebody posting something incredibly nice about me and my work, and I was like, I can, my shoulders took up permanent residence next to my ears. I was yeah. so. Like, I'm so grateful for the melanin that I don't blush. Yeah. I'm so fucking grateful I do not change color. I did, however, my face got very hot. Yeah, for sure. Looking at those. But it was it's very flattering. And everybody's been so, like, the opposite of gatekeeping. We're all so right. happy yeah. to have people to share this with that we're more than happy to connect each other, um, drop names, be like, okay, uh, their DMs are closed, but I'm going to at them or I'm going to text them and I'm going to tell them to follow you or I'm going to tell you guys, you guys need to cl- like come together. That yeah. was a major help to me getting started in, in all of these things. Um, like, uh, so Kira's, Kira's so talented in so many ways as a DM, as a performer, uh, 10 out of 10. And also, and this is a compliment they've been given several times is that they are extremely talented at putting together casts that have chemistry. Like just, I, I I don't, and honestly, for me, that's always like, now that I'm like in the casting side of things as well, like that's the part where I'm just like, I put the most thought into because yeah. to me, I think that that really makes or breaks a production. Cause like I can make the best overlays in the world, which I won't, but like, you know, if I could, yeah. um, and I could have like a great, you know, session plan. But if, if everybody's styles are incompatible, 
it's not going to go well and it's going to be stilted and nobody's, nobody's going to watch it. So um, that's a talent I am, I am so in awe of. And there's so many great people here to, to connect with. And the cool thing is even, even those that have like really big followings, like we're all just fucking nerds playing yeah. pretend at the end yeah. of the day. So there's no reason to be starstruck over somebody like because of their like follower count, which like, thank God through like my previous work in entertainment, I was like desensitized to that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mostly. Uh, I did have an encounter that I can't talk about that I, I, had to mute myself so that I didn't embarrass myself on screen. <laughs> Eventually it'll come out and I can be like, yeah, everybody, that's when I like fucking cried almost. Like I, I screamed a little bit. I was a little worried that I was going to have to like mute myself the entire fucking show. Yeah. Um, I was a little worried I was going to blurt out something on like unfiltered just out of my mouth, but it didn't right. happen. I, I behaved, but it was hard. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's super fun. And I think I'm sure you probably can relate to this too. Like, it's so nice when I get on to do these interviews and like people are just like smiling and they're just excited to be like, there's another person there who doesn't mm-hmm. look like your typical mm-hmm. white male nerd. And yep. we just get to talk about games. Like, yeah, that is so for everybody fun. listening. I am a trans brown lesbian in a wheelchair. Um, like I'm in the wheelchair currently more than I'm not in it. Um, but that's because I'm also in a flare up, but like I, I am disabled. I'm chronically ill. Um, neurodivergent. I'm brown. I'm a lesbian. I'm non-binary. I tick every fucking box, truly. (laughs) Like, there's nobody I can oppress, I'm pretty sure, at this point. Not for lack of fucking trying, trust me. Trust me. I've had a lot of cis people complaining recently about being oppressed, and I was like, I wish I could oppress you. Truly, I wish I could fulfill that fantasy for both of us, but I cannot. (laughs) I can bully you. I can do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's... That's one of the reasons I hate social media. Yeah, me too. Um, it's like, wow, everyone has a platform. It's like, on the one hand, yes, everyone can have a platform. If you like, I mean, it's harder, but like, I I could work up and I could build a platform. But on the other hand, everyone can have a platform. Yeah, like, who the oh, fuck no. you a platform? We need <laughs> yeah, to it's like, and sometimes people have a big platform and you're like, oh, this is great. You have a big platform. And then they open yeah. their mouths and you're like, ah, no, yeah. you shouldn't have one. You should, you should, you, some people here, you should be in a padded cell. Um, yeah. Oh my goodness. Like, people truly say, the damnedest things on the internet they are so very bold yeah it's a lot it's it's a lot i yeah i so far because i'm i'm pretty low-key um in like the stuff that i do but every once in a while like i'll say something that's just like super just like more personal i guess Mm -hmm. and then somebody will say something stupid and i'm like just let it go like you don't always have to respond just because yeah like you can respond doesn't mean you should respond sometimes yeah I accidentally, I say accidentally, I mean, I did tweet on purpose, but I didn't, it was a personal tweet to my own, it was very specific to my own experience that I had just had. And it was in the TTRPG scene as well, where I had been in a a rehearsal where I got misgendered several times. And it's very hard to misgender me because I use both she and they pronouns. So you really got to be trying. Um, Like it's, and it's just ridiculous. Like, uh, and it got to the point where like, at some point it got like ungrammatical, like where like... (laughs) I like got misgendered, and then and then that person would be like, and I sit down uh, 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 with they, and I was like, are you fucking illiterate? Is that what's fucking happening right here? Oh my god! Like, and this is after like misgendering me several times, and I was like, okay, it's with them, 
Yeah. I didn't think I would have to teach this, this uh, you know, fucking middle-aged man English. But okay. Whose native language is English too, by the way, for anybody. Yeah. Like just for context. Right. Yeah. This is, a, this is a, like an American. Um, and so like that had happened. And I, I mentioned also that it is – you do feel it, especially as like a trans person. You, you can tell when you give people – like I use she, they pronouns, for example. Mm-hmm. You can tell when someone exclusively uses she for you for yeah. a reason because they're yeah. not – they don't recognize – the non-binariness they want you to exist within the binary that they have for you in their head and you can tell the difference when somebody does it like that and i had just vented about that i just said guys i can tell i can tell when that happens i can feel it there's a difference and like i can i can tell i'm not stupid Mm -hmm. and somebody i i don't know who because i just deleted it without checking but somebody with a big account fucking retweeted it and i was like first of all why would you retweet somebody's personal event tweet i don't understand second of all they had a huge account. So I, I went I went to see a movie and I, I tweeted that and then I went to see a movie and I had my phone off and then I went outside and my friend went to the bathroom and I checked Twitter and I have never had so many notifications before in my life. Yeah. Like I've never had the scroll – like I've never had the like press to see more button come up on my <laughs> notifications. And my inbox was flooded and my notifications were flooded and it was just turfy, shitty, transphobic mm. bullshit and I am not the one. Yeah. I don't know why people mistake me for patient and kind when yeah. I am really neither of those things. Yeah. Um, well, kind I can be. Maybe nice is, is not it, though. Um, like, there's a TikTok where it's like, are you smart? Yes. Are you pretty? Yes. Are you nice? Uh, not really. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that. But And then I'd, I'd get, like, I just block people that were, like, transphobic, yeah. like, outright. And then I had somebody be like... But um, how can you tell then? Like, how do I go out and how can I tell what somebody's pronouns are? And I was like, you fucking can't. What the fuck kind of ridiculous ass question is that? What the fuck? And then they'd be like, well, like, how am I supposed to know? And I'd be like, well, people will introduce themselves. And if you misgender them accidentally the first time, they will either correct you or they will not correct you. And you will have to live your life. Mm, It's just you just have to approach people with openness and kindness and respect. And if somebody corrects you, don't make it a big deal. Just you know, accept the correction and move on. Don't be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And it's like, please chill the fuck, shut up, shut yeah. up. Yeah. I hate that. And so, uh, and we all hate that. And so, cause it's, it's just, it's cause we end up having to comfort you after you misgendered us, which is <laughs> right, why, yeah. why would you do that? And, um, and so I'm not very patient. And so I, at some point, like they kept, they kept spamming me with questions and it, these were like ridiculous questions. And I was like, Hey, how about Google? <laughs> Google's free. Google it. And then they'd be like, but the internet doesn't have that many. And I'm like, the internet has countless resources. There's one thing that the internet has an unlimited amount of its fucking resources. And there's, there's nice trans people out there who have the patience to have created these resources so that cunts like me don't have to say shit like this. And, and then I, I literally, I said that and then I, and they pushed me more and I was like, I am not the fucking trans Lorax, which has since then become a slogan of mine. I'm not the trans Lorax. I'm not person of color Wikipedia. I do yeah. not speak for all of us. Like, no. And then they'd be like, that made me laugh. And I was like, it shouldn't have. I didn't want you to keep talking to me. Um, and then they were like, you're not very patient, are you? That's a virtue. And I was like, then I'm going to hell, aren't I, Karen? <laughs> oh, well, if that's why, yeah. I'll have a great time. But yeah, like that social media is it's complicated. It's, I'm grateful to it, but also it, it comes at a price. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's one of those things, you know, any time I've had a conversation with somebody who, uh, who is trans or non-binary, like having that conversation usually is like, you know, this is what I use. 
um mm -hmm. you know if you make a mistake like obviously just be polite about it and yeah. move on whatever um you know fix it if, you, if you're you know aware mm -hmm. of it um but yeah i mean it was something like because i am so introverted like before doing the show i stuck with my friend group and that was it um mm -hmm. and it's not like so i knew when i was going to make the show that i wanted my friend kaylin to come on and mm -hmm. they had just um talked about how they were going to use mm -hmm. they them pronouns um so i was like okay i need to make sure like i'm conscious of this mm -hmm. um and i think they actually use uh they he but um but yeah so i was like okay i need to make sure and then now obviously i've met quite a few folks um who who use different pronouns or who non-binary mm -hmm. whatever um so yeah so i think it's just one of those things like they're i'm a cis mm -hmm. male like and i can do it so right truly yes, yeah like there's yeah. people learn new like, words all the time like people yeah. people say gif people say gif you still know what they mean so you can yeah. use you can use pronouns it's really and yeah. also like subconsciously people use gender neutral pronouns all the time when you don't know the gender of the person you're talking about exactly so like 100%. truly it is really just transphobia for like that yeah. but that's also like one of the main reasons that i wanted to create the shows that i create with the parameters that they have yeah like i don't have i don't have uh I, I tend to only cast BIPOC people for ecrit. Right. Um, I have one white guest, and that's because, uh, like, she is non-binary and yeah. um, a dear, dear friend of mine. And I cast her before I set the parameter for the show. Yeah. Um, so fucking fantastic episode, and I shove her into all my productions, but because um, they're so talented. And um, it's a uh, it's at Cockerbane uh, page. Uh, brilliant DM, brilliant, brilliant game mind, just fantastic performer. Yeah. Um, so excited to work, uh, so excited to work with them. But like, I, I also like, I just wanted to, us to have something that was just ours. And the backlash I got when I publicly said no, and like even before I had closed the casting off more, I had specifically said no cishet white men. Yeah, there will be no cishet white men because I have cishet men of color. Mm -hmm. on the show i have a lot of cis men of color on the show yeah oh. like yeah exactly like i because we're all, we're still like as far as my in my head i'm like Pete, they still don't want us to play D. &D. they right. don't want us in this space yeah. so this is a space that is just ours where i don't want my guests to have to worry or any of that and i still i don't have uh i don't have cis white people uh really on most of my things and i don't have cis white men on anything that i do they won't yeah. be on my twitch channel they won't be on my shows um, none of it, not on yeah. cringe warning, not anywhere really. Um, although cringe warning doesn't have that parameter. So like Kyle Phillips, if you wanted to, <laughs> if you wanted, if you wanted yeah. to be on the show for cringe warning, um, we do have some people in common now, by right. the way. So like the degree of separation is one and it could be zero for the low, low price of coming onto my show. Yeah. Um, but you know, but like the industry guests, I feel like if if I know that they are like very actively like not transphobic, not homophobic, not racist, then like yeah, if you are like anti-racist, you're anti-transphobic, you know, cool, you're welcome on the show. Yeah. Um, you know, to like the level of like you're on fucking my hero academia. I'm not gonna right. I'm not gonna put my fucking nose up at you. But yeah. like everybody else, like cishet white creators that are like men, they're not struggling. They right. could literally wake up today and be like, I'm going to make a podcast where I talk into the microphone for 30 minutes before I have my morning coffee. And they could be on the fucking iHeartRadio Music Awards next year. 
yeah. for podcasts. Like they, they get following so quickly, so easily because there's next to nothing in anybody's minds that precludes them from being interesting. Whereas there are so many people that look at me and they decide based on one or a combination of the things that I am that I can't possibly have anything worthwhile to say, mm-hmm. whether in this space or in general. And that's why like I just I they don't need my platform. It's not even yeah. so much like you're not welcome here so much like you don't need to be here. Yeah. You can you can do your own thing, but the amount of DMs I got, um, I'm a cishet white man, lol, I'm as vanilla as they come, but I'd love to be on your show. Blocked. Instant blocked. Blocked. Because you have not only demonstrated, unfortunately, reading comprehension, you are <laughs> actively trying to take a spot away from a marginalized creator now. Yeah. Which is ironically what they accuse us of doing all the fucking time. Yeah. If I could take sure. jobs away from cishet white men, I'd do it in a heartbeat, but that is not possible. <laughs> there is no world in which I am taking a job away because that, even yeah. in spaces where they say we're hiring for diversity, it's because they already have a team of cishet white men and they want somebody as a token to make them not look bad. So the <laughs> spots for cishet white men are already filled. I'm yeah. not taking anybody's fucking spot. Yeah. They added me on so that they can't, so nobody can call them racist. Which also, like, I don't, I don't work with, um, I don't work with white tables anymore. Yeah, I won't do it. Like uh, in terms of streams and podcasts, stuff like that. Yeah, but also privately, fuck no. Uh, yeah. If it's an sure. all white table, fuck no. Yeah. Even if it's a majority white table, I, I don't. The only time I might be moderately comfortable to be on a mostly white table is if it was through an, a, a, a like a company that was very vetted, like if Transplanner, which like Transplanner is queer. Like Transplanter is entirely trans. It's Transplanter RPG, entirely trans, um, and it's it's still mostly like people of color. But if yeah. for some unforeseen reason their white creators all came together to make a table and asked me to be in it, I'd still do it because I know them right. and I trust them. And it's Transplanter, and I know the people that run Transplanter, and I trust all of them. But in general, um, yeah. I say no. See you on my show next week. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. He's going to be on the next season, hopefully, if they say yes. Um, (laughs) Haven't asked them yet. Um, Forgot to do that. (laughs) But but I would love to. And I can't wait to listen to that episode. But um, yeah, yeah, I can't wait to share a table with them. Um, Yeah. I can't wait to work with them in future. But yeah, so that's, uh, I don't, I don't, I've said no to several like jobs and gigs where they, like I would ask, I always ask now, like what's the, what's the demographic breakup of the table? Yeah. that you want me to join. And a lot of times the biggest red flag is, is when people ask me, why do you want to know that? And I go, oh, it's a no from me. <laughs> it's an instant no from me if you don't yeah, know why you, I'm yeah, asking you that. understand that, yeah. You know, and I think like I for sure, because there are, let's say our contemporaries, right? Other right. folks who are doing TTRPG discussion podcasts like you and I mm-hmm. do um, are mostly white folks as well. Yeah. And, you know, and, and also I mostly cis, cis white folks as well. Yeah. And men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, because I am curious, I like to see like, okay, um, you know, who are you interviewing? Who are these people that are on your panels? And it's like, oh, <sighs> and oh. so <laughs> mm-hmm. it's their buddies, talk, but, whatever. but it's yeah, their buddies. But it's, it's basically just like a list, a long list of white folks and B. Dave Walters who never says no to an interview unless you're a complete shithead. So yeah. it's like, <laughs> um, you know, and I know. I don't want to be like a dick, but I know that they're probably well-meaning folks for the most part, but it's like, you should be conscious of what you're doing. It's not because... enough though, to be well-meaning. I think one, sure. one term that really made that click for me is it's not enough to not be racist. You have to be anti 
racist yeah. because if you're not anti-racist, you are implicitly going to end up doing racist shit because yeah. you're going to, you're going to never like, for example, like never ever looking at my show and not wondering why, why is that? Cause like, yeah, you are fully entitled to find me boring. You're wrong, but you can have that opinion. <laughs> yeah. Um, as long as you keep it to yourself. Um, but like a lot of times people don't check their own unrecognized biases that they have. But yeah. when you're anti-racist, you actively like you look at why do I think like this? Why did I why did I jump to this this person for this idea? Why did I jump to this this concept or this place for this idea? And you have to unpack because it's not your fault that you grew up in a world entrenched in racism. It's nobody's fault, but it is your responsibility to be aware of your role within the world and how it affects others and how others are affected by the way that the world is and to do your part in making it better. And yeah. so that's why I'm like, yeah, it's, I'm, they are they are well-meaning people. And a lot of them, I'm sure, in between, like, are working on it, you know, which, like, you know, I'm not going to give kudos for trying to be a decent person. But, like, <laughs> yeah. the bar is on the floor and you kind of stepped over it, thanks. <laughs> right. But, like, a lot of them are just very passive in the way that, like, they're not anti-racist. They're not going to actively yeah. try to make their show more diverse because they still have the racist ideology ingrained in them that, like, why should it be? And it's, yeah. like, because we're fucking people and we're interesting. Yeah. For sure. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like one of those things, like, especially because there are a lot of shows where it's like, well, it's just me and my friends who are playing this game and like, okay, fine. Right. But it's like a lot of people are like, well, we, we created this one shot. So you like set out to cast a show and cast specifically only people who look like you. Yeah. And through some, you know, maybe uh, women in there or non-binary folks just yeah. to be like, we're inclusive, you know? Yeah. Um, which which you like know, there's course, a lot like, of transphobia people, yeah. within that stuff as well because sometimes they'll like grab people who are like trans mask but are yeah. assigned female at birth mm -hmm. and then they'll be like, well, it's diversity. And it's like, that's a trans man. That's that's still a man. This is still an all-male table, you shithead. Like now it's just a bunch of men. That's that's it. It's, it's still a bunch of fucking white men. Yeah. Like it's – it's a lot. They they truly are doing the least sometimes. And I, I wish they could do better because I think there is no way a table cannot benefit from diversity. Even yeah. if it's just because, like, the people are fucking cool and they have yeah. cool ideas. But, like, it, it cannot ever hurt to broaden your horizon of the people that you know because it makes you – it makes you better and it makes you more interesting. And yeah. everyone, everyone can always stand to be more fucking interesting. And that's also why, like, I wanted to make Eat Crit yeah. is because I want to give these people a platform and be like, look at this interesting fucker. Look at the amazing things <laughs> this person is doing. Look at them. Yeah. Hire them. Go buy their shit. Like, I talk about Connie's Patreon skills constantly, oh, privately yeah. and on record. Constantly. Connie's incredible. Connie's yeah. incredible. Connie is the Patreon fucking god. <laughs> I wish to be on, fuck on his fucking level. Like, I – Patreon scares the fuck out of me. I have one. It's scary. Yeah, I don't have one because it is scary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I feel less scared after Connie wa walked me through it, but like, it was, yeah. I was like, I was taking notes and terrified. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. all the kudos. But yeah, that's yeah. that's also why it's like, you, I there's people like you and me, and there's a billion more, and mm -hmm. uh, we're creating resources that are. I mean, our shows are basically catalogs right, of amazing yeah. POC creators. Yeah. So. So if you if you really are going to be like, well, I don't know where to find them. How about you Google POC and TTRPG the hashtag on Twitter, or you you literally yeah. you literally look up any show that is not hosted by a white man, and it's you'll find you'll find one of us, and you can just go through our guest catalog, 
And yeah. I have all of their contact links and I have like, I have a lot of their professional services that they offer, like in the description, like there is no reason why you don't, and there's whole networks like Utopia. I yeah. love Utopia. I love being a part of Utopia. I'm going to be in the next um, marathon. I'm going nice. to be DMing and also performing. That's awesome. Uh, I can't say what yet, but the announcement should come any day now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I love working with them and they have been instrumental in both the success of Eat Crit and my success in this, in this space. Um, Jess, who is one of the co like creators, um, of Utopia was actually the person whose interview comes out this week, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, well, as a recording of this week, um, and they were the reason, so they didn't know, they didn't know this, but this is typical Jess, Mm -hmm. but I had hit a roadblock in the development with Eat Crit because initially Eat Crit solo episodes were supposed to be the extension of what Eat Crit's original concept was, which was originally called Demystifying D&D yeah. and, or Demystifying DMing. And yeah. I was going to do segments on uh, big game systems or just game systems that I knew. So like City of Mist um, and like Vampire the Masquerade and uh, D&D, which are massive books. I mean, yeah. books of books of books, right? These are 200 plus page systems at least. And I was going to break them down and I was like, I can't break down 200 pages in fucking 45 minutes. That's 10 hours of prep. I don't have time to do that. Can't work. And I was like, shit, I don't know how to make this work. Yeah. And I had been introduced to micro RPGs through Connie briefly, but really I had only really processed it in like Connie wrote a micro RPG. Right. Yeah. That's the end of the existence <laughs> of micro RPGs. I, that is the end of indie games. I don't know anybody else. Nothing else could possibly exist. My brain does yeah. not. Unfortunately, my brain works that way and I have like no concept of object permanence. So I, I did not understand that there was probably more out there. Right. And I was kind of like casually mentioning it. And this might even be in the episode, actually. I don't even remember. And I <laughs> mentioned something about how difficult it was to get through those systems. And Jess just went, well, there's so many one pages out there. And I was like, what? <laughs> and they were just like, well, you know, because like for BIPOC Vamp Jam, because that's what was happening. It's also one of yeah. the reasons why I was interviewing them is they were like, well, BIPOC Vamp Jam. And then they showed me what itch.io was life changed. Um, I will forever stand itch.io as a game hosting <laughs> platform. That's where all my games are to buy yeah, as well. So like yeah. it's Um, yeah. and um, they're on sale right now. And um, basically, like they were like, well, yeah, like look. And then we after we recorded, uh, they bought me five games from the BIPOC Vamp Jam, and those yeah. are five micro RPGs. And there, I I review all of them on the show. And I managed to grab community copies for some of the others. I managed to buy some of the games that are on the show. And these are all games. So every game that I review on um, Eat Crit this season was created by a BIPOC indie creator. Yeah. And um, almost all of them were also like queer as well. And I started, I was like, oh my God, you just solved, you just solved the concept problem. Because then I was like, okay, so Eat Crit's solo episodes are going to be me reviewing and solo playtesting these micro RPGs because to me the ultimate accessibility test is if I can look at your game for the first time ever live mm-hmm. on like on mic and I alone can come up with a campaign and several playable characters and then even like with my digital dice role play a scenario with myself aka the voices in my head <laughs> then anybody can play this game yeah. because I just looked at it for the first time and I came up with an example character, several like examples of how to play it. And I played it out with you and mm-hmm. you get to hear me process this and figure it out live. Then anybody can sit down with this game and create a campaign for their friends. Yeah. And one pages are usually also great for one shots. So these right. are really great ways to get into RPGs. And I was like, and this is the whole thing about the, the show is I wanted to show how accessible these games can be and how inclusive these games can be. 
And if I, with all my boxes I took off, can get into this game for the first time hearing it ever, then you will be able to really play it and like it. And also, you could maybe bring your friends in who've never played an RPG or a TTRPG because this game was just so easy to get into. I did it on camera. You can do it at home for sure. And like you'll have actual friends instead of like, you know, multiple characters in your head screaming at the dice. So... (laughs) Then I was like, well, this highlights the concept perfectly. It's it's easy for me to do. It promotes other creators. It promotes other BIPOC creators. And I literally was like, you just solved the whole concept problem I've been having with development. And just was like, what? <laughs> I did what? And I was like, thank you so much. Yeah. And they were like, okay. <laughs> I'm <Cool>. glad. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, awesome. it was fantastic. And then since then, Jess has been a major help. Jess is the one who gave me the first template for overlays from which I, and the thing is like, I could have asked Jess for help with any of the things that I'm doing, but I forgot. So what I did instead was take the tools that they gave me and I reverse engineered how they were put together. And then I taught myself how to produce TTRPG streams technically, like tech produce. That's not not a terrible thing. No, it's not. But it would would have been a lot simpler if I just just asked. If I just been like, hey, how do you do this? There's literally, Utopia has a whole subserver for tech production and people that want to learn tech production. Like they have documents, they have videos, they have seminars. And I didn't do any of that shit, if I, but I will in future because I'm sure there's stuff that like the, the issue with being self-taught is like you also have nobody to correct your mistakes or show you right. easier yeah. ways to do things. So yeah. I will be using those, but Utopia has been instrumental in community building for me in, um, in helping me become more known in the space. Yeah. Um, BIPOC fam jam specifically the marathon streams that we did uh, that yeah. was really when everybody got my face shoved in their face for four days straight I think. <laughs> And uh, and got really was like, well, I don't know where you came from, but here you are. <laughs> but here you are, yeah. But yeah, so them, uh, Well Season Stories uh, yeah. is another platform that's become very important to me. Um, Transplanner, I am growing closer to, and I am very excited for the things we have planned in the future that I can't talk about yet, but I cannot wait to be able to talk yeah. about. Yeah. I'm buzzing out of my skin. But yeah, and, and because of this also, it helps Eat Crit. So yeah. Eat Crit helped me grow as a performer in the TTRBG space, and then vice versa, all these amazing people that I'm meeting and playing with now, I'm like, hey, I'm not recording till April, but um, would you like to be on the next season of Eat Crit? And everybody says yes. And yeah. uh, now we're actually verging into Eat Crit Live. So on the 7th, on the 7th of November, I will have the first two episodes of Eat Crit Live, which is going to be on my Twitch channel, um, which is basically going to be the same format, um, except you'll actually be able to like see us talking. It's yeah. live. And we'll be presenting a game that is ongoing. So instead, of course eat crits pre-recorded um months in advance and um which oh boy did that did i prove to everyone that i am bad at math when i thought i had produced i thought i produced 50 episodes and i produced 100 and i was like oh that was a lot to do in a month and a half that's crazy (laughs) so is that a both of both that's 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 all three shows yeah so Camera Interrupted has has 20 shows uh 20 episodes because it's only once a week but um Mm -hmm. Initially, well, Eat Crit and Crunch Warning were also supposed to be once a week. And Eat Crit's first season was once a week, yeah. um, where it would alternate. But then I ended up with 20 guested episodes each, almost like, like at this point, like there's almost 30 guested episodes each, and then 30 solo episodes because I had to keep up with how many guested episodes there were. And I didn't look at the number. And then I was like, oh, this has to be twice a week now. Like, so now, um, fuck, um, twice a week, Mondays yeah. and. <clears throat> You get uh, cringe warning episodes, and Fridays, and <clears throat> you get eat crit episodes, 
And Thursdays, you get Cam Girl Interrupted episodes. And now Sundays, starting November 7th, you get Intricate Rituals episodes. So like for said, six Randy days a week, everywhere. six <laughs> days a week, you can hear me somewhere. Yeah. If you weren't sick crazy. of this voice by now, you'll be sick of it in 20 weeks. So yeah, the show's run for 20 weeks now because yeah. uh, I have enough to spread them out for 20 weeks. And then I will start recording. They'll go on hiatus and um, for, for like a month and a half. And then I will start recording. And uh, that's going to be very exciting. But everybody's super psyched and um, it's growing very nicely and I'm I'm very flattered. And then Cringe Warning is basically my my outlet for being nerdy and autistic because I've always been – I've always been cringe before that was really a phrase. Um, It was definitely something I got bullied for a lot. I'm just very intense. A lot of my friends have told me that I am really an anime character in the flesh because (laughs) uh, with the same intense reactions to things, which is also why I love anime so much is I got into it like that. So that's why – I made cringe warning. And so it was nice to be able to take that love specifically for TTRPGs and playing pretend, which is basically what it is, and be able Mm -hmm. to have eat crit. And now eat crit live. I'm super excited. Banana Chan uh, is going to be the first guest on eat crit live along with uh, Sabria. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And uh, Sen Feng Lim, who I'd actually interviewed for uh, cringe warning. Uh, Unrelated, but I had actually interviewed Sen before. And um very excited for those episodes to come out. Those are going to be very, yeah. very cool. Everybody is everybody in this whole community is so talented. And then game design has become a big thing for me in TTRPGs. Yeah. <laughs> everybody was just like, um, so Brandon came out of nowhere, and then they made four games, and all four games are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I love, I, I love seeing you get the love, though. Um, Thank you. you know, I think it's so important that, um, you know, that your voice is out there and that people are listening to you and, and what you have to say and listening to you and bring the guests on that you have. And, you know, and like you said, we ha- we're creating these catalogs that like, okay, now people can go discover these folks. And like, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's part of why I promote each episode twice. It's like, this is a person I interviewed in four weeks. You can listen to that interview. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully people would be like, Oh, cool. I want to like, who is this person that mm-hmm. you interviewed and then follow them? You know what I mean? And then be yeah. excited when the episode comes out. Same. Um, you know, I always do that so, thank you, like I did with you. Where I was like, yeah. and thank you for being on the show today. You guys will be able to hear it in months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then um, and then you'll see it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so so exciting. Um, before I let you go, if you still have some time, I would love to talk about um, some of your favorite games. I know you talk about it on your show, but for the folks who are only familiar with my show, they're not yours yet. Like, what are some of your favorite games to play? Because obviously Ooh. it's not D&D. No, it's not. Which is fine. Oh, yeah. City of Mists has mm-hmm. such a special part in my heart. As It was the first game system I played as a live stream, and I yeah. fell in love with it. And it really helped me fall in love with the TTRPG industry as a whole and the game design industry. Because I was like, so it doesn't have to be combat. It doesn't have to be D&D. It can, it can, be, it can be anything. It's, this is, I always say that I think City of Mists is the most versatile game system Period. I think yeah. you can literally adapt it to any intellectual property. You can adapt it to a completely homebrewed thing. It works exactly as easily for one as it does for the other. There are endless possibilities with this game. Um, my own game design habits are uh, mildly inspired by the tag system um, in City of Mists, and I, I've written I've written adventures that haven't been published yet because they're not for uh, for City of Mists. They're just for me as a GM. Um, yeah. But I've written adventures for it, and it was one of the first systems where I like started privately practicing as a dm or slash gm and um so city of mist 10 out of 10 queers 10 out of 10 and it's not just because i write for queers um but that was also like an an amazing thing and i mean amit moshe is a brilliant mind and a brilliant person i mean such a warm kind person thank you i 
was blown away. And I was also really grateful that I got to interview him towards the end of the interview process for uh, Ecrit. So I'd already gotten used to it and I was more established and he didn't have to listen to me fumble through it like I did for the first two interviews. Um, so it was, it was very nice. It was a brilliant experience. And, um, and he offered me the job um, before we even started recording, That's awesome. um, which was beyond flattering and, and so wonderful and has been an amazing experience to, since. Um, but queers, I've also played so much fucking fun. I mean, it's just yeah. so fucking aggressively queer that it just makes me <laughs> so happy because it's basically you get to be Power Rangers, but gay. And I, you couldn't sell me on a cooler fucking concept. So uh, yeah. City of Mist and Queers, I adore. Um, as far as indie games go, there's too many to mention, but right. I do really, really love Dragon Riding is Easy, Isn't It? by Hans Chun. Um, <laughs> fucking love. He also has several games coming out that I can't talk about because they're not mine, but yeah. I am going to be playing religiously like i will be shoving them in everyone's fucking face um flats and fangs and how do you do fellow humans are great games to let you live out your like sitcom dreams as a vampire love halo and horns huge fan Mm -hmm. i mean you can tell because i've literally been talking about it almost nonstop since it came out and uh one of the first games uh, one of the first miniseries that i pitched that got picked up um is a halo and horns miniseries and um I can announce this, actually. Uh, another favorite game of mine is Vampire Baseball, which was designed by uh, Jesse Lowe, a.k.a. Akinomi, so Aki. Yeah. And I am actually producing a miniseries of Vampire Baseball called Umpire, spelt like vampire with a little, yeah. with a little Y at the end, um, on my own Twitch channel. And That's it will awesome. be airing in the spring. It's recording in January. Cast is uh, to be announced because we're still locking down the final dates. But um, I will also be tech producing it. Uh, like alone and i'm one of the uh, facilitators aka commentators mm-hmm. um i made some hacks to make the game fit into the format of the miniseries that i want and yeah. uh i'm very very excited for that but yeah those are those are some fantastic fucking games uh as for the bigger game systems oh chew has become a very recent favorite of mine because um in order to make sure i don't get typecast i always like to play very like broad er- amount of characters which also means that i end up in a lot of different shows and i really love horror so yeah. it was really, really wonderful to be a part of a game that was fucking disgusting. It was horrible. It was it was horrible in the best way, though. Like, I had the best time. I had a great yeah. cast to play with. Uh, the DM was very fun. Um, and the adventure was based off of Doki Doki Literature Club, which is fucking psychotic. So <laughs> it was so much fun. I got to be covered in guts and blood and food. And it was absolutely visceral and disgusting. And I had a great time. Yeah. And it was really, really fun to play something that is like truly balls to the wall is the only way i can i can describe chew as a system yeah. um and i just got announced as one of the stretch goal writers for chew as well that's so awesome. that's it's a dream that like it's not happening that like i get hired to write for these games and then i love them but like i love these games and then i get hired to write for them yeah i mean that's, that's, that's huge yeah that's such a cool thing and city of mist is a game i haven't had the chance to play yet but like because you talk about it so much and you love it so much it's one of those you things tell like, me okay, when now, now tell me when and i will run it for you and your friends privately i would sure. happily 100%. dm a couple one shots for you and your friends privately yeah absolutely yeah i love that um and i definitely want to do that um in the future so yeah, yeah. Uh, i was even telling my friends just because now like i get into mm-hmm. more games i'm like all right because we play our, our home game is pathfinder 2e uh, right. which i do love that system and mm-hmm. um i told my buddy i was like all right so what we're gonna do is we're gonna finish out this arc i know you didn't realize that we were playing an arc but we're playing an arc we're gonna finish <laughs> this arc out <laughs> and then we're gonna play like a month of other games um because i just want to try so many games uh, yeah and uh, 
and I that's just, my favorite part about Eat Crit is I literally I literally got to play like fi- like because I bulk record the episodes the solo episodes so I literally yeah. got to play fifteen different game systems in a day, yeah, which was also fantastic because like now. I think a lot of people in my position would have hesitated to call themselves professional GMs. Right. But I have technically now GM'd 20-something games. Yeah. Just for me and the characters in my head. Very but, true, like, I yeah. did come up with, like, adventures. I GM'd it. I facilitated them. I've also facilitated other games by now and stuff as well. So um, I feel I feel confident in my abilities. Uh, <laughs> I've GM'd before now properly on stream, too, and it's been great. So uh, I think it's really great practice. And being able to do that is something you can really do with indie game systems as well. Um, yeah. So, like, I mean, if you and your friends want to run my games, I can send you their copies. It's fine. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I love that idea. Well, and this has been such a great time. Obviously, yes. um, I've been a fan of yours since we met, and uh, I'm super excited to see all the su- success that's coming your way. This is so cool. Thank you, thank you. And you too. Yeah. I can't wait to um, listen to this episode and hope that my voice didn't crack too much in between because it's. Uh, <laughs> I'm not in podcast voice right now. This is my normal speaking voice because I yeah. forgot to switch when we started. <laughs> I was like, well, we're here now. But um, but yeah, I had a wonderful time. Uh, you're a great interviewer. This was thank very you. fun. As always, we could talk forever. So know, thank for you sure. so much for having me on. And thank you for being the first person to interview me. Yeah, I'm so excited. That's a, that's a huge benchmark. So yeah, thank yes. you. Yes, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you would like to reach out to us, check out the many options on the Anchor app or anchor.fm on your browser. You can also reach us at secretnerdpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to the show, and if you'd like, leave a review to help us grow this thing. Until next time.